Welcome back to 19. I'm Henry, your host. And I'm Joy, your co-host. And let's dive in. Before we dive in, can we come back out the water? Uh, so Joy, I just wanted to to revisit something that was noticed in our last episode, which Uh-oh. was called Chilling with Joy, being you. Uh-oh. And you mentioned how you really like using candle melts. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yikes. I was hoping to get called out on that so I could uh, rephrase myself. Okay, so in my head, I I had the right image in mind. It was just not coming out the right way. Um, However, my guilty pleasure food was supposed to have been strawberries with candy melts. Um, not candle melts. Do not eat candles, people, or else you're about you to be poisoned. Um, but what I meant to say was strawberries dipped in candy melts of different flavors. So I got the strawberry, vanilla, and chocolates. I didn't mean to say candle. And I would also emphasize that Ghana is not a place that has a lot of snakes. It was back then, but now they're mostly eradicated um it depends on where you go but it's a beautiful it's a beautiful place to visit and i would highly recommend it and yeah that that's all from me anything else (laughs) um not for the moment i definitely appreciate you clearing that up for us all i'm Um, glad you noticed i think there were some questions floating around about it oh gosh you know just kind of like in the head like you know i mean was that really what she meant but you know it's okay thank you for transitioning into your travel guide self advertising mm-hmm. ghana so of course if any of you are looking for anywhere to visit definitely go to ghana amen to that all amen right to that. so pandemics have a funny way of keeping us on our toes and particularly for students the need to motivate yourself in a mostly online world can be a little stressful to that end we have two special guests with us here today Steve Park, a nursing student at the University of Maryland, Baltimore, who you previously heard from in our Moving Forward Together Systemic Racism Part 2 episode, which was collaborated with the Student Council, and John Croft, a communication student at the University of Maryland, College Park. We thank you both so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having us. All right. So to start off, who is USG's mascot? I think it's a llama. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> how, does, how does that make you feel? It's a unique llama? animal. <laughs> That's something you don't see like... every day. Yeah. That's very interesting. Do you guys know what the llama is called? No, I don't. I want to say George. Honestly, that's fair. That could be fair. Um, what is the llama's name? Gro- no. Grover. Grover? Okay, Grover. so I was on that track. I just I didn't want to mess G. up. Yeah, I knew it was a G too. That's interesting. Grover the llama. Hey, that rhymes with George. Um, <laughs> all right, so can you all just tell us a little bit about, you know, your major and why you chose that major? And if I can be, you know, a bit clearer, so I know you each have different, you know, reasons for coming to USG. And so just tell us a little bit about your academic path. So up to this point, so like where you transferred from, 
why you chose your major and, you know, everything in between. And we can go with John. Well, um, let's see here. So I, I'm an older returning student. Um, I actually started school back in 1990, uh, <laughs> which is actually quite a while ago. And I started off in a uh, visual communication program. Uh, I was doing film and video. I was in Seattle. And at the time, I actually was working in the industry. And so school didn't seem quite as important or, it, you know, and unfortunately in the circle that I was running in, the folks that I was working with suggested, hey, you're working. We can teach you everything you need to know. Why go to school? You know, and so life happened over the last 30 years. A bunch of stuff happened. Um, I've had a good, interesting career outside of that world, but I've been involved in the music world for the last 25 years, uh, primarily in sales and marketing, and had gone back to school, I think like in 2000, to take some classes, some business-related classes. And just, I was fortunate from a monetary standpoint, I was making good money without an education, uh, but always had a desire to go back and get a degree and, and, and learn some new things and and so on. And then when the pandemic hit last year, uh, I ended up just sort of not working. <laughs> Everything sort of stopped. And, um, and I just, I literally like, it's like my job ended and I said, I'm going to go back to school. And I uh, uh, applied at Anne Arundel Community College, put together sort of my path. I had enough credits that I just needed to take some basic stuff to get the two-year degree behind me. And I wrapped it up in November. And then I transferred to the University of Maryland here uh, just in the spring. So I'm in my first semester at the University of Maryland right now. I was originally headed down the path of looking at doing an MBA program, but the credits that I have are all the wrong direction. <laughs> and so I'd sort of have to start over to do the right credits together to transfer to that program. And fundamentally, you know, what I do anyways, I just needed some of the additional skill set in, I've been in marketing for a long time, so I just wanted some extra skill set in the communication side. And I'm going to talk to an advisor. Uh, they suggested with my background and kind of the things I've interested in to take the communication program. And I have a focus on, on digital communication. So it's been a long and interesting journey. And I'm actually excited about communication as it's been presented to me um, in the sense that, and again, I'm brand new to the school, so in the, the program, so it's an interesting path that I don't think I would have originally considered. Um, and just even that concept of what communication is. So, you know, one of my first professors, Wolven, I don't know if you know, I think it's Andrew Wolven, has an interesting perspective on just the idea, right? I'm in a listening class, and so mind blown on listening. Wow. Uh, you mentioned a couple of things. Um, but first off, I just wanted to say USG welcomes you. And we're so glad you took this time to just get that education necessary. Thank you. All right, Steve, we're going to go to you next. Um, okay. So, yeah. So a little bit about my college career and just how I kind of came to where I am today. So I first started fresh out of high school into college at the illustrious University of Maryland, Baltimore County, also known as UMBC. And yeah, I got my prerequisites and I got myself ready for nursing school because UMBC has like a partnership program, um, basically with the School of Nursing. So basically, if you maintain like a certain GPA or you achieve like a good academic standing, you were pretty much guaranteed a spot. So, you know, I kind of took that route and you know during my two years at UMBC I kind of like took on a lot of research experiences and just kind of you know was just trying to be a little diverse in the aspect of like what can I do 
as like a person, you know, like research, what else can I do? Can I dance? Can I sing? Can I do like, literally, I was just trying to make the best out of my college experience because, you know, I think, Joy, you can attest to this. Once you start nursing school, there's no, <laughs> it, it's, it kicks up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I basically just did two years at UMBC and I took a semester off just to kind of take a break because, you know, I think college is very hard itself. So I just, I took a little break and yeah, here we are in the spring semester. It's my first semester. And, you know, for my purpose, it's like oftentimes a lot of people get left out and nurses are advocates. And that advocacy portion has really spoke out to me about nursing. And, you know, as a person who's kind of grown up, kind of been alienated and isolated in a lot of circumstances, I just kind of felt that I, I don't want anyone to be left out. And, you know, left out in the sense of getting care, you know, being advocated for a lot of other things. And yeah, that's why I'm here today. And these past couple of weeks, exams back to back to back. So I think one thing nursing school has taught me to do is do not give up. (laughs) Keep going. That's the number one key to life, honestly, um, that anyone can do. For anyone who doesn't know Steve, he's a very unique individual. Even before he got into the program, he was already hitting us up saying, can I meet with y'all? You know, I need to know everything I need to know before getting into nursing What's school. Up? I pay 9000 to be here, so I'm going to finesse everything. What's up? <laughs> he sent me research articles from UMBC. I'm like, who does this? Only Steve. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it is true once you get into the program it's it's very tough and rigorous but it's it's very worth it right uh, uh so thank you for that insight and that fabulous input and we're so glad to have you as a student um I can yeah I can see you already advocating for students um and we really really appreciate you yeah I mean it's so interesting to hear both of you talk about your paths to USG and so why why USG specifically, right? You could have gone to your main campuses. And so what was it about USG that made you say, okay, I want to go here as opposed to those main campuses? First off, just in terms of like the distance, I got, I love Baltimore City. You know, I've always had a heart for like, you know, Baltimore City and its rich culture and history. But I live in Montgomery County, specifically. I live in the Wheaton area. I'm not driving 30 to 40 minutes to Baltimore City every day. It's, it's going to be a heart attack for my soul. I can't do that. <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, so I chose you to go because of the fact that you kind of get that dual citizenship status in the sense of not only do you get support from your main campus, but you also get support from the Shady Grove campus. And you know, that's the one thing that I love so much about is because, for example, like with the Academic Success Center, you're not only just limited to the people at Shady Grove, you have people back at your main campus. And that kind of gets that extra supplement. And I really appreciate that. So you kind of get two for the price of one. Okay, so you get the two for one. And so what about you, John? Um, quite honestly, it was uh, the decision was from, as it was described to me, that I have more access to some of the labs and such uh, in the digital uh, communication part of the program, which is actually kind of funny because I'm not at the campus. <laughs> so, uh, but it was, it was the, the focus on, on the, as again, let me sort of backtrack the communication program that I wanted to get involved in had, uh, uh, a media, a digital media element. And apparently at the Shady Grove campus, uh, there's some equipment and some studio access that is you don't get at the, at the College Park campus. 
So I was hoping to get in on that, but that is not happening because I'm working from home. Uh, gotta love pandemics, don't we? Yeah, uh, I, I'm equally distance between the two. Um, so it would be about a 35 to 40 minute drive to either. I think Shading Grove is a few minutes farther. Um, but I did like the idea as it was, again, pitched to me that there was uh, a bit of a better access to the professors as well, smaller class sizes. And then there was everything that Steve talked about, just uh, just for the facility itself, you know, being a campus with other colleges and, and being able to interact with other students. Uh, that was, you know, my primary, I had had an opportunity. I was also looking at the, the, the global campus, uh, yep. you know, that was pitched to me as well. And, but I, I wanted to actually interact and engage with, with students and professors. So after looking at the options, Shady Grove was the one that had what I wanted. So, and so you've, you both kind of touched a little bit on what you value most about USG, but can you talk a little bit more about some of your favorite things and if that includes any events that you've been to you can also highlight those i'll start on that one so unfortunately for me you know it's this is an interesting transition um being that that i have not set foot on the campus uh i have not met any students face to face um you know i've engaged with a few on zoom um it has been and i've engaged in a couple events online uh, just to try to get a feel for the campus and the the areas to get involved in. And unfortunately, this situation is really hard to navigate that. Uh, I don't feel very engaged with the campus, um, which is half the reason why I, uh, you know, accepted this invitation to, to meet you folks, to have an opportunity to engage with some fellow students. Uh, so, and again, I've only been at the school for a few weeks. So thus far, it's been a little little choppy um Which for me not not the school's fault by any means <laughs> yeah no one asked to be in a pandemic right um yeah. for me i think with the benefit with nurses and the, with the nursing program um we kind of have we have our in-person labs for the semester um so basically like yes i completely agree with you with the fact on that john like oh my gosh like it's everything's virtual. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know who you, A, B, C, and D, E, F, C. And yeah, it gets very like lonely sometimes. And, you know, the fact that we have those in-person learning labs experiences are so helpful because it's like, oh, this is what you look like. This is how you are. And it just kind of puts like a face to a name because oftentimes a lot of people will turn off their cameras and zoom. And yeah, I think just having those in-person learning experiences just really help out with that, you know, putting a face to a name. And, you know, one thing I always, I'm so grateful and I'm using more of is the study spaces. Um, like the study spaces are just like, it just, it provides like a different atmosphere, but more importantly, I love the fact how it's like socially distanced here and there. So, and there's also microphones in the room. So like, if you like wanted to, like you could just grab one or two friends and obviously socially distance and just kind of review using the microphones and the technology that are in the study space. And I really love this campus. Like it's so nice and it's just so unfortunate that we have to be virtual and hopefully um, there could be more in-person activity if conditions permit in the fall. <laughs> yep. Fingers are definitely crossed for that. 
won't that be nice so yeah there you go john you can definitely study on campus where you can also interact with other folks but of course you're going to be socially distanced um which actually leads us to the next question you both talked about some really um some really eye-opening statements and you know even john used the word choppy because yeah being online is definitely choppy. How have you adjusted into the online learning environment? So do you have a routine? Do you have any tips for other fresh transfer students um, who also may need some help easing into the transition, but may not technically have an idea or or strategy on how to get their day going? Um, Just talk us through you know, a day or a life um, with on, on the virtual learning. Oh, Lloyd. You're all laughing, so you can definitely go first. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm fairly fortunate. Um, have, so I've, I've been working from home uh, for a, a few years now. I'm um, not self-employed necessarily, but, you know, I work in consulting with some groups that are out of state and so on. So I've, I've had to work virtually and on my own uh, and to be productive and accountable for, you know, a few years. Um, and then secondly, and, and not to say that my life experience prior to any of that, you know, but, you know, I got to get stuff done. Right. And so I've, I've learned, I've learned over the years that, that, you know, um, not that these things are equitable, but, you know, working at certain corporations I've worked for, you know, we had online learning modules we had to go through and, you know, you had to, I had to do things. So engaging with the the Elm system and doing the work and showing up on time to me is that's what I want. That's why I'm in school is to be there and to, to do it. And so uh, I think if anything, it's just, just, you know, it's, it's accept the reality that stuff needs to get done. And it's not, um, I think the hard, the biggest challenge that I have is coordinating with, you know, there's some group projects I have to work on. And that is the hardest thing. Cause I don't, I don't have the opportunity to just after class sit there for five minutes and yeah, but everything else is it's, I click around Elms all the time. You know, I'm looking at all, everything in there. I download everything that I can. Uh, I think if anything, if I have advice, it's just don't wait to the last minute and become very comfortable with, if you're, you know, doing the virtual classes, just become very familiar with what's in each course's Elms page, you know? learn what's in there. Don't be afraid to email. Don't be afraid to ask questions when you're on the zoom class. And I'm one of those students too, that my camera's on all the time. You know, I want to, I want to see my fellow students. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd, I'd like to see you at a desk or a table, but it's kind of crazy that I see students in bed. <laughs> you know, going, that is when I will turn my camera off when I'm in bed. You don't. Need- <laughs> I would ask you, why are you in bed? <laughs> you know, I think that's the thing I've, I, yeah, I, I, that's the thing I've learned as a as a uh, as a a working adult is that even though if I'm working from home, I have to act as if mm-hmm. you know, you're so in work, right? As, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so granted, you know, I have a lot more calendar control over certain things and uh, I don't have to be as wholly ready, but I am at a desk. I am typically prepared. You know, I guess that's the thing. Take it, take it seriously. Just because, you know, I have a 10 year old daughter who is in, you know, virtual school and she, she thinks that she's not at school. She's not at school. So it's, I don't know, the adult and the father comes out me in this part. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. I think one thing you mentioned, I think experience takes you a long way. And so you've been able to utilize those skills that you've 
you know, learned over the years. And that's been your guide basically throughout. And so, yeah, I'm sorry, you wanted to say something? I was going to say one last thing. Since I haven't been in school for a long time, this is school to me, right? Mm. So since I've come back to school, it's been online. So uh, I don't have any other experience with that. You know, it's been, like I said, it's been 20 some years since I've been on a campus. It's been 30 years since I've been really on a campus. Right. (laughs) Talk about it. Because, yeah, when I went to my first in-person lab, I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, what? What the heck? Is this actually how the campus is? So, yeah, um, I'm hope hopefully, you know, before we graduate, we can, you know, at least make sure that we're on campus a lot more often just to kind of really, you know, get a feel for it. Because it doesn't feel like any difference. Because I honestly could have went to Baltimore then. <laughs> In terms of adjusting, um, obviously it all sucked. I think all of us were kind of going through it. It's hard to stay focused. You're at home. You don't want to study. You're in your PJs. You're in like... The home was not meant to be a workspace, if that makes sense. For, uh, for a lot of people. I know that some people like working at home is like that. that's their norm. And for me, um, it, it, it was hard, but it was these like little minute changes that I had to do. So for example, like first thing you get out, well, you know, I'm very devout. I say a little prayer, you know, thank God for the day. Start it with God, end with God. That's just a little side note. But um, basically, yeah, it's just, you know, get up, do what you got to do. And for me, it's like the simple like things that kind of prepare your body as if you're going to school so like okay clean up your bed clean up your room like change into clothes as if you're going to go to school so that way like when you're like ready you're prepared and you're mentally present and that's kind of always been like the um the schedule and I think so many times like my thing was this like structure is good but having not any structure is also not good as well too because if you're at home, you're going to, you're going to get lazy and you're going to like, Oh, I don't want to do this. I can do that. And I think, you know, for people that are listening to this podcast, it's really important to set a schedule and stick with it because um, one thing I've kind of always struggled with and I've kind of fixed this semester was, Oh, be graceful on yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself here and there. But I'm like, but should you really be hard on yourself when you didn't really do any work at all? You know, so it's just kind of like going in that back and forth. And I think it's just a matter of stick with the schedule, stay balance out your work here and there. It's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. And I think to add on, I mean, like these first couple of weeks have kind of been rough. It's always a transitional phase because nursing is one of those different degrees that it's like, it's never, it's never like, okay, what's this, like, what's this definition here and there? It's a lot of it is very application-based. And I think the fact that, you know, we took so many prerequisites that are so conceptually and theory-based, and then you have nursing, which is a very applied profession. It's very different. And it's like, you know, I, one thing I was kind of telling my classmates and my colleagues is that you kind of have to really remind yourself of why you're here because, you know, nobody's forcing you to go and into this program you know like we all voluntarily chose to come here no that is true I mean one thing that I think both you and John mentioned was just being that just being self-aware to know that if you're not going to get something done you you, no one's really going to motivate you like 
unless you have like your group of friends who you, you like you study with, you have that routine with, but self-awareness goes, goes along. Like, I don't know if this is kind of a common thing, but there's like Zoom libraries. So basically like just grab like a small group of friends and just go on a Zoom call and just study. And, you know, it helps with this virtual online format because it sucks, you know, like, oh, I'm struggling on this paper here and there. I don't know who to text and who to hit up don't need to worry about that because in per- when we're in person, you could just go to your friends and ask about it, right? So having that Zoom library kind of helps out with that a lot. And I know that Shady Grove has it as well too. So yeah. Wow. Look at Steve over here advocating for services. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> you pay utilize money for these that. Services. You might as well use them. <laughs> that is very, very true. It's Megan, and I'm here to take the mic to tell you about the USG services and events for this week. First, we have UMD's MED in Teacher Leadership, and they're hosting a special studies in STEM education session. It will be on Monday, March 15th at 4 p.m. And so join us to learn more about connections to computer science, computational thinking, STEAM, and more. We'll discuss scholarship opportunities and meet current students and recent graduates. And just like that, it's been almost a year of lockdown. On that note, this month's town hall, hosted by Student Council, is appropriately titled Year One into the Pandemic. Join the Student Council on Thursday, March 18th from 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. to discuss the effects that COVID-19 has brought to us, all through an honest conversation about our experiences through the pandemic. Next, we have Leveraging Artificial Intelligence in Human Health on Friday, March 9th from 12 to 1.30 p.m. A virtual discussion on how machine learning and artificial intelligence are impacting biomedical engineering and the wider world of human health, open to the entire USG community. Next, have you heard about International Night yet? It is an annual celebration of the many cultures represented at USG and is coming up on March 25th. Register ahead of time via the USG Weekly. Next, de-stress with the Student Council. Join the Student Council with guided activities that will help you relax your mind and body and de-stress from the hectic semester. There will be two guided sessions, the first being on Friday, March 26th from 5 to 6 p.m. And the second one on Friday, April 30th from 5 to 6 p.m. Lastly, do you want to represent and advocate for students from your institution at USG during the 2021-2022 academic year? And are you interested in taking on a leadership role? Then apply to become a candidate. The application period is from March 10th through April 10th, and stipends are available. Questions? Visit tinyurl.com slash usgsc and or contact Iris Showerman at ishower at umd.edu. That's I-S-C-H-A-U-E-R at umd.edu. And that's all for now. Thanks, everybody. Okay, so in like a sentence or two that you guys can give us, talk us through your study habits. So just in case someone who really needs to utilize or figure out how to study or figure out ways to study, not knowing how they study um, in like just in a brief 
statement or sentence. Just talk us through, um, you know, how you study, um, um, your study habits. I can go first. Um, Mama Annie, shout out to you because you taught me this, this study schedule. Um, review, preview, and synthesis. That's my one sentence. Review as in what are you going to do before class? Preview as in like, okay, you're in class and you're previewing the content and you're getting ready to like listen to the teacher. And then synthesis is as in like, what are you going to do after class? So that might be retyping your notes from class or that might be teaching someone what you know. That's kind of how I've been going throughout my whole nursing semester. And I've kind of had to make tweaks here, obviously just for time efficiency, mm-hmm. but review, preview and synthesis. That's one my first sentence. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, John. I don't have anything quite succinct, um, <laughs> but fundamentally, it's the same sort of thing. Just, you know, I, I look at sort of what's on the schedule. Uh, I, I work to make sure that I'm on schedule and I don't procrastinate. I don't know if that's a good description, but, you know, if I've got a paper to write and things to read and it's due in a certain time, I just make sure that I'm doing all the work, you know, to, to not do it in the last minute. <laughs> right. Uh, and as far as studying, studying, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't think about it. I know that's one thing that I could be better at. It's like truly studying. I'm going to take Steve's advice. I mean, to kind of, what's it called? Um, I use this technique called the Pomodoro technique. And basically you kind of chunk all of your hours into 25 increments. So for example, like, let's say that I have to work on a paper, right? And I just got the assignment fresh off the boat. Like we just got it in class. Okay, so I'm gonna use like 50 minutes, right? So two sets of 25, right? How it goes is that you are gonna dedicate 25 minutes to just strictly working on the paper and then take a five minute break, right? That's one set. And then you would take another 25 minutes on working on the paper again and then take a five minute break. So in total, you've taken a 50, you've taken 50 minutes of solely working on the paper and a 10 minute break. So like you've kind of used an hour to dedicate work on your paper. And that's kind of how I've been going throughout like nursing school, just really just, we keep the wheel going and we don't stop. <laughs> and that's, that's all really valid. And thank you all for sharing those important tips. And one point that really stood out as I was thinking about what you all were saying was how there can be this perception, like I think, John, you were talking about it with your daughter, right? This perception that, oh, I'm I'm in my room. So why, I don't have to log in, you know? Like I used to have arguments with my little sister about the same thing. Like, oh, well, I mean, I just have to log in. So do I even have to like be there? Can I leave? Like, no, like you, you are learning. Uh, this is, this is what you signed up for. And I think there's this perception that um, you can kind of coast for the moment and that you can wait for the pandemic to, to ride off right after the fact. And I think about how last year when we initially went into lockdown, for me personally, it was like that kind of feeling. It's like, okay, well, this might only be a few weeks or a few months and we're still here. But this recognition of the fact that I can't rest on my laurels if I'm in this moment, because then if I come out of this moment, 
those are a few weeks or months I've left behind, right? And now it's a right. year. And so now as we come on through your journeys at USG, what kinds of things are each of you excited about experiencing as you continue along the way? Whether that is getting to know people, as you both mentioned, or joining clubs, getting internships, or other career development opportunities? You know, the fact that I'm in a program where I get to do what I love to do and know that I can become what I what I have always kind of had like a vision of has really kind of been like, yes, it sucks that we're all online, but I still like it because at the end of the day, this is what I love to do. And yes, I will get an occasional bad grade here and there, but you kind of, I always kind of remind myself, you're here for a reason. You know, the why are you here? It's always kind of pushed me to really, really kind of keep going and really just keep seeing the end goal. And to answer your question, Henry, um, what am I looking forward to at Shady Grove in terms of just career development and other related topics? Honestly, everything. Like, I'm just, I'm kind of like in that process where I'm like a sponge. I just want to absorb everything all I know because, you know, you know, you're a lifelong student. You never stop learning. <laughs> And yeah, it's just, you know, Shady Grove is kind of like a hidden gem because the fact that you get to meet so many groups of different people from different campuses from all over the cross of the world and here and there, I really like that. And it's just so unfortunate that we're virtual and, you know, I'm just trying to really, it's hard for all of us right now because I think there's not really a method of us to communicate on. So yeah, honestly, we just expect whatever's to come. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to actually getting on campus and, and engaging with other students as much as possible. Um, one of the reasons why, you know, I wouldn't say a reason why, but a benefit of the program that I'm in uh, is that there's an opportunity to engage with, you know, a fairly creative and, and uh, dynamic group of people. Um, and that's something that, you know, I, I miss, you know, I get to do, I've been able to do that professionally, but for, from an area where it's to challenge and to learn and to grow, you know, I, I look forward to that opportunity. Those are all such great answers. Um, and I will just say with Henry and I departing, um, we do need y'all to fill in and be student council members. So think about that. And also potentially take over the podcast. But no, thank you all for your input, which leads us to our last and final question. And this is something you also hear in interviews um, when they say, what are your career goals or plans? And where do you see yourself in the next five years? Whomever may go first. I guess I'll go. Uh, you know, that's a good question because I don't even know where I'm at right now, uh, to be completely honest, you know. Uh, life has taken on a grand and, and interesting journey. You know, I'm originally from the West Coast and, you know, uh, I moved to Maryland about seven years ago or so. And so um, going back to school was something that I wanted to do. Uh, and I've, I am looking at this as sort of with fresh eyes. You know, I've, I've, I am not that age has anything to do with it, but I am 52. <laughs> and so in five years, I'll be 57, right? Uh, and I am sort of 
embarking on a new career path or at least applying some new skills in a different direction than I have in the past. I don't know what that is going to look like for me personally, uh, which is part of, I think, just the openness that I'm trying to approach this whole thing with is that, you know, I'm just doing it. I'll see, I want to learn new things and I want to apply the things that I learned to new areas. And um, I could be back in the old job, who knows, but I'm hoping that, that, you know, through engaging with new people and learning new things that I'll uh, be somewhere. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, for me, um, I've, so one of our classes is called Evidence-Based Practices and Research. And, you know, in Montgomery County, we have the National Institutes of Health. So um, I'm really hoping to do my residency program over there post-graduation. Um, I spoke with the coordinator and she was saying that like, oh, because of COVID and just the nature of how everything's going on right now, like they've got freezed hiring. So that's mm-hmm. good news for me because I'm not looking for a job right now, but, you know, just keep getting those connections here and there. And hopefully when I um, apply for the residency program, um, I want to work there. Because I think when it comes to clinical research and just evidence-based practices, um, there's such a big gap. And NIH, I feel like, is kind of like the perfect environment to incorporate clinical practice and research. So that's kind of like my goal for now, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen, right? I always keep an open mind. But to get on to my next point, like, what else do I have in store for the future? Honestly, just be on to be unapologetically myself and never be sorry and live life to the fullest. There's really nothing to lose. So, yeah, that's... Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> All right. So thank you for coming to Steve's TED Talk, which is within the 9C podcast for mm-hmm. this week. And we appreciate you all for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you. <laughs> thank you all. And on that note, thank you all so much for joining us today. Feel free to use the voice message feature on Anchor, as well as leaving reviews wherever you're listening to 9T from, to provide any questions, comments, or suggestions for things you'd like to see in this podcast. And you can tune in to us via several places where you normally find your podcasts, including Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. And follow us on our social media pages on Instagram and Twitter at USG, the number 9T, as well as on the Facebook group at 9T Podcast USG. And we'll catch you next time on 9T.